We're going to dive into the Word. I have one announcement before we dive into the Word. Everyone say, connect. connect. Next Saturday night from 8 to 9. You, you can still come to church on the Sunday, but come on Saturday night from 8 to 9. We're going to have a connect night. For that hour, there's going to be food, and uh, you can meet different leaders, and how you can get involved, places that you can serve. How many of you know that we should all be serving in some place? three or four of you, all of us, listen, all of us should be serving in some place. If you're a kneecap in the body of Christ and you're not serving, if you're not in the, the place you should be, it's affecting the whole body. So it's just, that's just the way the body is made up. He's the head, we're the body, and God wants you connected. High five your neighbor and say, get connected. Now do it with a little bit of passion with another neighbor. High five them, get connected. That's next Saturday from 8 to 9. Did you get that? When is it? What time? Connect. Love to have you. I don't know what kind of food. What kind of food are we have, Bobby? Jean Pierre. Ooh, what are you making us, Jean-Pierre? He don't know yet. I bet you it's going to be French. It could be burgers, but it's still going to be French because he's a Frenchman. Amen? The Bible says, Matthew 6, 6, but you, when you pray, Jesus is assuming that you're going to pray. It doesn't say, but you, if you pray. It says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. In the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour, I wait. Anybody remember that old school song? In the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. How many of you know that God is a rewarder? He rewards those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. How many, I'm not here to promote a grocery store. That's not my heart. I just happen to have a reward card for Fred Myers. How many of you got a reward card for Fred Myers or one of those? Don't get mad at me, Denise, if you're here. You work at Albertsons and Safeway and... We just happen to have a rewards card for Fred March, and it works. Through March, I was getting gas for a dollar off per gallon, like 89 cents a gallon, man. Rewards. God rewards those who diligently seek. I want to talk to you about the secret place today. I want to talk to you about prayer. I found out that one of my big jobs really isn't always to teach you. A lot of times it's just to remind you. Maybe to come in with my broom and dust the, the webs off of your prayer life or the dust off of your, your prayer life. I come to remind Because honestly, how many of you probably know deep in your guts that you should pray? If you know that you should pray, raise your hand. See, I don't need to teach you. I just want to remind you today in this area 
a prayer. I pray that faith arises in your heart today. Faith, I tell you what it did in me as I was studying this, as I was reading about this, there was something that just happened inside of me that I, I didn't have to pray, I wanted to pray. And yeah, I have to, I, I think I, I do have to. But there was inside of my, that rose up, I want to spend more time with you, God. I want to pray. Let's pray as we dive into the word this morning. Father, I thank you for your word and just ask that you would speak to every one of us. There's not a person in this room that doesn't know in their mind that they need to pray. But Father, it's more than knowledge. It needs to go from the mind to the heart because when we have truth in our heart, transformation takes place. So I'm asking today by your Holy Spirit that it would go dump down in our, our hearts and minds. Father, and transformation would take place by your Holy Spirit through your word. You would renew our minds and you would transform us from the inside out when it comes to this thing called prayer in Jesus name and everyone said how many of you are absolutely good with where you are in your prayer life you're like I'm good it's, it's, it's all good J.R. I, I, I'm good I'm intimate with God I don't need to grow in my area of prayer life I'm good I'm good I'm good if that's you raise your hand nobody nobody in any service raise their hand and said I'm good how many of you desire to go deeper in your prayer life today raise your hand I got a promise. James 4, 8 says, if you draw near to him, he draws near to you. But there's a lot of things in the Bible that you got to work. Tell your neighbor right now, work it, baby. <laughs> tell, tell, tell your husband right there, work it, baby. Tell, tell, you got to work it. See, you got to work it because that's an absolute promise that works that if you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you even right now in this place and a secret place to me is not always a closet I mean you can go to your closet that's a wonderful thing how many of you like that movie that's out right now it's beautiful but you know what sometimes I just kind of pull my hoodie over my head it could be in the gym it could be in the airport and I just know that I lock into my secret place with the father but no matter if you're born again just over Easter or last week or this morning or maybe you've known Christ for a week or two or a month or two we've seen Many people come to know Christ, and today, if you don't know Christ, you'll have the opportunity to do that. Had some last night, had some already this morning. Would love to pray with you to, to receive Christ. Maybe you've known Christ for one to five years, or maybe 10 to 15, maybe like myself, around 30. Maybe 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. I don't know, but I tell you what, I think we all have room to grow in our prayer life and become a little closer to, to Christ to learn to pray. And you know, learning to pray, the, the, the disciples had to learn to pray. They went to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. I remember learning to pray. I watched people and kind of analyzed. I thought probably people, some were a little bit strange. People, mannerism in prayer, all kinds of different things take place and manifestations. But no matter where you are in your life, I think God wants you right now now why this ser sermon is called now what is for the person who's known Christ for a week or maybe 50 years that there's subjects that we always need to grow in no matter where we are on the playing table when it comes to our relationship with Christ a man had been teaching his three-year-old little girl Caitlin how to pray for several evenings at bedtime, she would repeat line after line after her dad. Finally, he says, you know what? You're going to go solo. 
And she's just so beautifully articulated and enunciated the word. Oh, I can't even say it. Enunciated the words. And she began to go solo one night. And this is how she prayed. Lead us not into temptation, she prayed, but deliver us some emails. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know, we have on May 5th, the National Day of Prayer. Gather at the City Hall. If you've never been, I encourage you to come on out during that time. If you can break away from lunch, City Hall at the New Library, we gather there. The Body of Christ. It's not just to put on a show. It's the National Day of Prayer. Imagine thousands and thousands and tens of hundreds of thousands believers throughout our nation rendering the heavens and seeking God together. Why would we do that? Just to kind of show off as a church? No. It's because our nation needs prayer. Our nation needs healing. How many of you agree with that right now? You know, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm 51 years old, and no matter who has been the president, I have come to the conclusion that the president is not the answer. A party is not the answer. Politics is not the answer. Education is not typically the answer. What the answer is, is this thing that I want to talk to you today. The master key is prayer. God uses prayer. It's the master key that changes us. It's the master key that moves the hand of God. Listen to this very popular scripture, but it's beautiful. Second Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people, say that, prayer is absolutely conditional. You can go to heaven and never pray because salvation is a free gift, a free gift of grace. But that's not what God has for you and I. He wants to know you intimately and personally. That's what this Christianity is all about. Jesus didn't come to make another religion. Morals and integrity and duties and law. No, it's those things. I mean, a lot of those things, true, integrity and moral, but it's It's connected with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then look what God says he'll do. I'll hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. How many of you know that we probably need some forgiveness How many of you know that we probably need some healing in our land? Think about what's going on in schools and universities and with terrorism and murder. And man, we need need our land to be healed. Tuesday, we had a really cool time. A bunch of us pastors went over to pray for Pastor Tim Remington. About 15 of us went over to his house. Pastor Tim wanted prayer. Why? Because... Once again, the key, just, just get your key out and do that. Key, go ahead, click, click, come on. The key to healing is prayer. The key to healing is prayer. Listen to what the Bible says. Pastor Tim knows this. He called us over, kind of as it were, as the elders of the city. I'm sure his elders of the church been praying for him. I'm sure of that. But elders of the city, he called us over. We had a wonderful time. Presence of God just dropped in the room. I mean, it was breathtaking. Listen to what the Bible says about prayer and healing James 5 14 and 15 is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of the prayer of faith 
will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Prayer is the key to healing. Prayer is the key to our nation. Prayer is the master key to many things in our life. Prayer is the key. How many of you, if you need a husband or a wife, can I encourage you with something? Instead of a dating site, how about prayer? Would you rather get your prayer, your, your, your wife from heaven or a dating site? Now, now, if you got your wife from the dating site, I'm not here to judge you. That happens. Happens all the time. I'm just saying, let me tell you where I got my wife from. Wasn't from a dating site. You feeling me? Let, let, let me tell you about my son and my daughter. Jamie right here. Topher, Jamie and Topher, would stand up just for a minute? Let me just give you an example. Topher, you know, they're married. They've been married for how long now, you guys? Almost two years. Now, now, now listen, when Jamie was a baby, Jamie was a baby, we prayed for Topher. How'd you do that? Did you know who he was? Didn't have a clue who he was. I don't need to know. God always praying the right guy. Jane, uh, uh, Seth, his wife just celebrated her birthday, Micaiah, last week. When Seth was a babe, maybe why he was even in the mama's womb, we prayed for the spouse. Prayer is the key to many things in our life, and we need to activate it. My buddy Jude Fouquet says, you got to pray about everything, or you won't pray about anything. There was a, a young boy that went to a drugstore. And when he got to the drugstore, he bought three boxes of candy, chocolate, chocolate boxes. He bought a little box of chocolate. He bought a medium-sized box of chocolate. And he bought a large-sized box of chocolate. And he went to pay for it. And the pharmacist rung him up and said, Sir, son, why are you buying three boxes of chocolate? And they're all different. He says, Well, I'm dating a new girlfriend tonight. And see, if she just holds my hand, I'm going to give her a small box of chocolate. If she lets me kiss her on the cheek, I'm going to give her a medium box of chocolate. But if she lets me smooch her, I'm going to give her a big box of chocolate. So he bought the three boxes of chocolate and left and went over to the girl's house that night and walk in and sit down to eat dinner with the whole family and the young man said can I open in prayer and he prays and he prays and he prays earnestly I mean this kid first time at the dinner first time meeting the, I mean he's praying he's praying he's praying he prayed five minutes over that dinner <laughs> and the little girl said I didn't know you were a religious boy. He goes, I didn't know your dad was a pharmacist. <laughs> How about if we prayed first about everything? What if you pray? I'm not saying you got to pray over your shoes and what shoes you should wear. But what if you prayed first over everything in your life? What if you prayed over your, your, your test and your employment and 
leaders and spouses and quit whining about the president and start praying for the president and senators and governments and uh, media and, and sports and, and, and schools and teachers. Come on, quit complaining about your teacher. How about pray for your teacher? Come on, your principal. How about, how about if we prayed over everything? Do you know that's the principle of the, of the word of God? Praying first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Just do this with your finger right there. Just put it up first. You know what that word first means? It means firstly. Firstly. Say that word with me. Firstly. Firstly. When you get out of bed, firstly. Before you eat, firstly. Before you fight with your wife, firstly. Before you take that test, firstly. Before you go to work, firstly. Before you sell that house, firstly. Firstly, it means firstly, it means beginning, it means before, it means first. And it's not just once in the Bible. Listen, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Paul is in, you know, in just downloading into his son in the Lord, and he says this, Therefore, I exhort first of all that you that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men, for kings and all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I found out this week, I looked on there what I'm praying for at the National Day of Prayer as I'm praying for the president. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. I get to pray for the president on the National Day of Prayer. Why is that important? Because when you pray for authority, God wants you to pray for authority because every decision that they make is vital. And when you pray for them, man, I think it opens up heavens over their life that they could make some good, godly decisions and choices. God could speak to them. We need to pray for authority. We need to pray for leaders. I would even say, if you don't mind praying for me and my wife. Is that okay? We want to make good decisions. But how about if we prayed before we stressed out? How about if we prayed before we got the doctor's test? What if we prayed first? I was a coach in Little League when Seth was a little boy. and Man, this team was so much the bad news bears. I can't even tell you, man. I mean... We got kind of like the ghetto team. <laughs> ghetto team. And I, I just got the boy. I wasn't that all that much of a coach. I did my very best, but I just told him, I said, we're going to begin with prayer. And they're just kind of looking at me like hoot owls, but we prayed, and guess what we began to do? We began to win. And then they had come to, before the game, before the game they said, Jail, Jail, you got to pray. You got to pray. I, mean, I go, now listen, prayer is not a lucky charm. Ain't no rabbit's foot. It's no, it's no, uh, it, it no St. Christopher. We're praying. I mean, we're going to seek God. Because we didn't win all the games. But they understood what prayer was about. That God did move. God did allow us to win some games. What if we prayed first, everyone? What if you prayed first? Things that keeps us from praying is our feelings. Sometimes we don't feel like praying. Or even this. Listen, we don't feel like God hears us or he's close to us. I remember about 26 years ago, I was really struggling in my prayer life thinking, I don't know if God hears me. I don't feel 
God. And an elder in the church at that time, his name was Don Smith. He came to me and I was sharing with him some of my concerns about feeling God in my prayer life. And he told, he shared a secret with me. He said, J.O., when you don't feel God, just begin to thank him. Just thank him for being there. Just thank him for being there. And I begin to thank God. Thank you, God, that I know that you're here. You're here right now. I know that you hear me. Thank you, God, that you're and you're kind and you're compassionate. Thank you, God, that you're here. Thank you, God. And I found out that thankfulness is a password. Enter into his gates with Oh wow. You guys are way excited. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It's a, it's a password, man. You begin to thank him and all of a sudden he's there. And, and that's through the declarations of truth out of your mouth and what it does in your heart. I mean, truth going in your ears and down in your heart. And you begin to feel his presence and it's like, wow, you're here, God. You're here. Thank you, God. If you struggle with feeling God's presence, maybe there's hardness and you're just kind of growing in your faith. I encourage you to begin to thank him. You will feel this. I guarantee you. They gave me four master keys of this new campus. And I wanted to share four master keys to you this morning when it comes to prayer. Key number one. Key of peace. How many of you would like to have peace in your life? Some of you want to have confusion. <laughs> Let's try that again. How many of you want peace in your life? Praise God. Wow. Scare me sometimes. <laughs> See, you, you can't buy peace. You, you can't earn it. You can't manipulate it. Matter of fact, you try to manipulate it, it gets worse. Peace is a byproduct, and I think it's a byproduct of prayer. Byproduct of prayer. Listen to the scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for one thing. Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Uh-oh, password. With yeah, password. There it is. Let your requests be made known to God. A product of your prayer life. We like to just microwave everything. Just like, God, ding. God, ding. 15 second prayer, ding. Too stressed, I'm too worried, I don't have enough time, God. Ding! When God wants to, instead of microwave, he wants to marinate you a little bit. Get you smelling like Jesus. Get you tasting like Jesus. Get you acting like Jesus, behaving like, becoming like Jesus! Throw away the microwave, man. At least in your prayer life, right? Look at the byproduct of prayer. Look what it says, verse 7. And the peace of God. Like I said in the very beginning, you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Some, so many things in the Bible is you got to work it. It works 
if you work it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's like military armor. Look what it says. It, it, it will guard your heart. And your mind. Through Christ Jesus. See, I can share a testimony about this because I remember back in the day when I couldn't even spell peace. People told me about hell. I'm like, dude, I, I feel like I'm living in hell on earth. I was bound in chronic anxiety and panic attacks. I'm not talking about butterflies before you get up to speak. I'm talking about it handicapped me. I'm talking about depression to the place where I remember trying to move my legs. Come on. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there and the physician gave me a prescription. And the prescription wasn't Zoloft or Prozac. My bottle said P-R-A-Y-E-R. -E and I could take it in the morning. I could take it at noon. I could take it at three. I could take it at five. I couldn't OD, but it got me close to the G-O-D. And it was prayer. It was not, not always ding, ding. I'm not, hey, I'd rather for you to pray 15 seconds than not pray at all. But I'm here to tell you, there's a place of God wanting to marinate you instead of just always, how's the microwave praying working for you anyway? The Bible says, wait upon the Lord and he will renew your strength. Oh, you will run and not grow weary. You will Work and not, I mean, just beautiful promise. Fly like an eagle. Come on. If you wait upon the Lord, come on. God wants to do something in your life when it comes to this thing called prayer and marinating in his presence and bring healing to you. And I've learned today, man, I, I am just, for those who are busy, here you go. This is for free. I'm too busy not to pray. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, hey, if you're on a... I could have went to the doctor and I guarantee you, in my worst condition, I guarantee you I could have got a cocktail of medication. I guarantee you I could have got loaded up with medication. But you know what? I, fa I, found, a I found an antidepressant and I found an anti-anxiety medicine. And it was prayer. Now, 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 you can get mad at me. Because somebody might be on Zoloft or Prozac. I'm not saying not to take it. That's not what I'm saying. Here what I'm saying is that in my life, I remember an older gentleman talking to a young man and I overheard him. And it was a good thing I overheard him because he was getting ready to get a prescription of something and, or was that. And, and the older gentleman says, listen, I think that you should not do that and allow your mind to work through this. So that you pretty much can be an overcomer. And I heard that one day. He wasn't even talking to me. I was kind of eavesdropping. And I, I, remember, I remember that was 25 years ago and it did something in my heart. So I'm not here to judge you or be mean or not kind to you if you're on medication. But I will share a testimony with you of what God's done in my life when it comes to prayer. And I say that you should try prayer first. Amen.
maybe you're already on something. I say, man, go ahead and begin to pray and see what God will do in your life when it comes to peace. The next one is grace, the key to grace. What do you mean grace, J.O.? Have you ever felt like a bulldog on a short chain that haven't eaten for three days and plus they didn't give you a coffee? And people look at you, you're like, huh? You're like, don't look at me all cockeyed like that right there, man. Look, you better look at me with your good eye. And you just have a bad attitude. It's like you've gotten out of the wrong side of the bed for, for days. I mean, you are just mad. Take, you don't even know what's going on. That means that you don't have any grace going on in your life. See, grace was there for you when you first met Jesus, but grace is there for us today. That's right. And sometimes we just, our tank gets low in grace. And it's not just about how you treat other people. It's also how you would even speak to yourself. You don't even like yourself. Where do you get grace from? I think the key is prayer. Listen to the scripture. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You're going to get at the throne of grace. Well, let's read on. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help when you're a starving bulldog ready to bite somebody's head off and, and hands off. Grace to help you in time of need. I'm going to tell you right now, man, whenever I'm like yelling at the wife and the dogs and the kids and at myself and just every, whoo, J-O, you need to get some grace. You need to get some grace in your life. And I know it's easier said than done. I know where to go, but I'm going to tell you a lot of things will try to keep you back from getting to the throne of grace. A lot of things. A lot of things in life will keep you from the throne of grace. But I want to tell you what, it's the key. Number three, key to overcoming temptation. Key to coming temptation. Look what Jesus says, code red, Luke twenty two forty. 40. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. What was Jesus doing at that time? He was, getting, he was getting ready to get, he was going through the most stressful time of his entire life, 33 and a half years. Jesus was stressed out. You may not think Jesus got stressed out. That brother was stressed out. That brother, man, God was stressed out to the max. Max. He was sweating blood. Jesus himself was stressed. But what was he doing? He was praying. What did he tell his disciples to do? Pray. Listen, Matthew, the, the, the account of Matthew 26 through 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Look, look, here's a key. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> the will, your spirit is always willing. To go to the prayer closet, to get in that secret place, to see your spirit is willing, but your flesh can't stand it. Your flesh is like, ah, I don't got time. You're like, ding, ding. You just microwave it out. See, the spirit is willing. The Holy Spirit inside of you, when it connects with the human spirit, it 
is willing. The disciples kept on falling asleep. Why? Because their flesh is not. I mean, your flesh and your spirit is at it, man. At it. Your flesh will tell you many things you need to do other than pray. Here's a, here's a list. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even when Jesus disciples to pray in the midst of the Lord's prayer, you may call it the disciples' prayer. I like that, the disciples' prayer, because he was teaching his disciples. He says, and lead us not into. Y'all with me, church? Lead us not into. What is temptation? Temptation is an enticement to sin. Enticement. It can be an outer source or it can be an inner source. Here's an outer source. And enticed to look at porn. Did he say that in church? Yeah, we better. There's an enticement to get that laptop and no one's looking and all of a sudden you done clicked on searching on for porn. That's an outside type of enticement. But there's also in, inside enticements. Like, you know what? You know, I'm just not going to forgive them. I'm tired of forgive them. Become like a Pharisee. Pharisees would give you a limit of three forgiveness. Just I'm going to forgive you once, forgive you twice, forgive you three times. You're cut off. I'm not forgiving you again. Peter goes, Jesus, should we forgive seven times? Hey, hey, not seven, but seven times 70. Every time your brother sends you, forgive. Are you with me this morning? So you can be tempted in many different ways fashions by sin on the outside or the inside but here's how you overcome prayer it could look like an addiction let me give you 12 steps you know if you're in a 12-step program right now god bless you go to it i hope you go to a meeting every night whatever works for you grant it but let me give you a 12-step that i know that works here we go pray and seek and ask and knock and intercede and cry out and supplicate and pray and pray naturally pray spiritually says whatever you need to do i want to let you know that it's a key but in our society we're just like ding microwave tell your neighbor right now oh you need to marinate Ooh, I can smell the spices. <laughs> Number four, key to a breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough in your life in certain areas? If you need a breakthrough, just before God, just raise your hand. I need a breakthrough. Let me just tell you, prayer is a ch 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 key to breakthrough. There is a, supposedly a true story of a Welsh woman who lived in a remote valley in the wells. She went got a um, to do a great deal of, to get electricity power in her home however after a couple of months the electric electric company noticed that she didn't seem to use very much electricity at all thinking there might be a problem with the hookup they sent out a meter reader out to check out the matter the man came to the door and said We've just checked your meter, and it doesn't seem that you're using much electricity. Is there a problem? Oh, no, she said. We're quite satisfied. We turn electric lights every night 
to see how to light our lamps. And then we switch them off again. She went to all the trouble to run in electricity in her home, electricity to her home, and all she did was turn it on to light the lamps. See, she had the power, but she didn't really know what she had. She had the power, but she didn't know how to use it to its fullness. She believed in electricity, but she wasn't using it to its fullest potential. Her house had been wired, but she only used a very small amount of the power. Think about that in your prayer life today. That God is the, 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 the highest form of power in the universe. I mean, you're talking about a power. He's the, he's the God of the universe, and we have this thing called faith. It's kind of like the electric wires, you know what I'm saying? God wants to distribute his power through you, through prayers. I say turn on the switches. God, he, he's not going to run out of energy. He's not going to run out of power. I think there's places that we can learn in the area of prayer. You know, I've learned that you can pray and then you can pray. Sometimes I'm just, I'll be honest with you. I just go through my little religious duties. I can be as religious as anybody else, just like a little monk. Right? See, you can pray and then you can pray. The Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I don't mean to trash on any monk. I mean, they could have powerful prayers if it's real, right? If it's real. But sometimes our prayers are more like Hail Mary's. It's, Gotta, gotta go to court. Boo! God help me. Just and praise God. Go ahead and hell Mary. But I want to let you know there's prayers I think that really, really moves heaven. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man. Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Now that's a prayer life. And there was a drought, three and a half years. I find that a lot of people live in drought. Their marriage is droughted out. Their sex life is droughted out. Their love life, their work is droughted. They just live in drought. And then the Bible says that Elijah prayed again. And you know what? It wasn't a microwave prayer. Bing, 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 bing. You know what he did? He climbed to a mountain at the top. He had a word from God. He climbed to the mountain, stuck his head between his legs. And begin to cry out to God, an effectual, fervent prayer. And he had a servant that kept ro running back and forth. Hey, do you see the cloud? He run back and forth. You see the cloud, though? You see the cloud? Seven times. And finally the guy's like, I see the cloud of a man the size of a man's hand. Oh, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And man, they're coming just a flash flood. But what brought it on was his prayer life. You can have prayers that avail, that you can see breakthrough in your life. Even today, there's prayers that will bring break life, break, not break life, breakthrough in your life. Say this with me, daring prayers. I think God wants us to pray daring prayers. I was praying daring prayers this morning. And I'm believing for big prayers. What is a daring prayer? I think a prayer that's not my will, but God's will. I think a prayer that, that I can't comprehend, but he comprehends. A prayer that I can't apprehend, but he can apprehend. A prayer that stretches my faith. 
A prayer of the God of possible doing the impossible. To me, those are daring prayers. There was a, a, a great leader. His name was Alexander the Great. And he was a conqueror. But one day out of the year, day of compassion. Even though he was great and he was a conqueror, he was also a man of compassion. On that one day out of the year, anybody could come to him and ask him for something on the day of compassion. A lot of times they were clothes or maybe some money or maybe some medicine. But one time this guy comes to him on the day of compassion and says, I want a palace. I want a palace and I want it fully loaded, man. I want a palace with a, with a, a, a dining room I can invite all my friends to. man. I want a palace. You know how the king address it you know what the king did listen to what he did when asked why he would grant such an outrageous request because the king gave him the total palace completely full of everything he wanted a big huge dining hall to invite all of his friends to eat the king replied this man is the first man that's really made me feel like the king i am For only I can grant, for only I can grant such a daring request. Now think about our God. Our God is able to answer daring prayers. Amen. He's able. How about if we make God feel like the God he really is? Thinking about, you think Alexander the Great is great. And compassion, how about our God? Listen to what he says in Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what you can ask or even think. Will you pray daring prayers? Joshua was called out one day because the men of Gibeon was getting ready to get absolutely attacked by all the different kings of the Amorites and Joshua came out there and all of a sudden God went to battle for him. God's throwing hailstones down upon all the enemy and they're getting just a whoosh, whoosh. More people were killed by hailstones than there were by the sword. But Josh asked a daring prayer that day. I think it was probably because the hailstones were killing so many people. He wanted to continue to do that. Look at what he prayed. Look at what Josh said. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in that day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites from the children of Israel and said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Jalon. And you know what the son did? Stood still, didn't move. What answered the prayer, a daring prayer. Would you be willing to pray daring prayers with me? Billy Graham said three keys, three secret keys to his successful, blessed life is this. Prayer, prayer, and prayer. God, blow the cobwebs off of our prayer closet today, off of our heart, off of our mind. God wants to give you peace. He wants to give you grace. He wants breakthrough in your life. And can we treat him like the God he is with daring prayers? 
Will you stand to your feet? We're going to put this into action right now for a moment. At every service, there's been people that's come forward to receive Christ. We're going to pray for you right now if you don't know Christ. But I want you to listen to this story about the power of prayer. David Brannard, a missionary to the, to the Hosonic Indians on the Massachusetts frontier, was a man that clearly lived a life of praying and living daring prayers. Now listen. In his diary, he records in the late winter of 1742 his experience of carrying the burden of lost Indians. It was the middle of the night in the dead of the winter, snow hip high in western as I was stirred with a burden of the Lord, I rose out of bed and went outside so that my growings, my growings would not awake my wife and my young baby. I walked outside the village and huddled under a tree. By morning, the snow had melted completely an eight-foot circle around me because of the intensity of the burden placed on me by the Lord. Think about that. Hip, deep snow and he prays, and it melts eight feet around him. About dawn, the burden had lifted, and the call to intercede had been pushed through. So I walked back to the village and saw people from all over the village, on the streets to the town square, all with hot tears pouring down their cheeks. And when I put foot onto the soil of the city, I felt a warm wind of God's presence blow, and immediately men and women and children all fell prostrate before the Lord, crying out in repentance before God. How? Prayer. A daring prayer. A prayer of faith. Would you just bow your head? with me right now there's people in here that possibly don't know Jesus and I don't want you to listen to me pray I want you to pray with me right now for those God's gonna I think melt their hearts the Holy Spirit Father I pray right now pray with me church I pray for those that don't know you that by your Holy Spirit that you would move in this place right now those that don't want to believe you've called them here they may have came with a friend but honestly you brought them here and, and I just pray right now that chains would melt off of them blinders would fall off of them the scales would fall from their eyes oh God blinders from their mind and their heart father they would this would be the day this would be the day that they would believe I pray God Holy Spirit that you would bring great conviction now open up their ears like we sang earlier open their eyes so that they can